0: Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. This is the podcast to listen to, and you are. If you want to grow your podcast audience, if you want to make more impact with your podcast, if you want to make more money from your podcast, you are in the right place. My name is David Hooper. BigPodcast.com is the website. This is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. It's called Big Podcast Insider. And here's what we're talking about it's embarrassing but also a good opportunity. Podcast Jumpstart 2.0, I've got free access for you. Podcast marketing lessons from newsletters. Master your email with these essential Gmail tips. Have you gotten a negative, bad review for your podcast? Don't get mad, get even. Also some classified ads for you, things I think you're gonna wanna check out. Everything that I'm talking about, by the way, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. No reason to take notes, just go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by the leading platform to record studio quality remote podcasts and videos, Riverside.fm. It's used by over 70,000 people, people like Guy Raz, Gary Vee, companies like Spotify and the New York Times. It's very intuitive. It's easy to use. Your guests don't need to install anything. Can you relate to this? Once COVID happened, everybody started doing remote podcast. We all became engineers, including the guests that we interview. Fortunately, it's a lot easier to record podcasts today than it was even five years ago. And Riverside.fm is making that happen. All you need, all your guests need, good mic, web browser. That is it. You're gonna sound like you're in the same room. So if you wanna step up the audio quality of your interviews, check this out. You can do it for free. Riverside.fm, they're gonna give you a couple hours to take a look, see if it works for you. I think you're gonna like it. If you wanna sign up, and you will, you will. Who wants to go back to bad sounding interviews? Here's the discount code. Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. The URL, riverside.fm. Check it out for a couple of hours for free. And If you want to get that discount code, 15% off for life. Big Podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. As I mentioned, this is the audio edition of the newsletter that I've got. It's called Big Podcast Insider. That's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I'm going to go from story to story to story. And in between those stories, you are going to hear this. That's how you know it's time to turn the page, go to the next article, and if you want the links, go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Let's get it. It's embarrassing, but also a good opportunity. 1991, I'm in the gym, I'm 19 years old, and I had a chance conversation with a guy. Long story short, this dude would never lift weights, but he's in the gym and he looks great, and I was talking to him about his workout, which is all body weight. That changed everything for me. I didn't stop lifting weights, but I started doing a lot more pull ups, dips, handstands, push ups, lunges, all the body weight exercises that I saw him doing. And I did that for 30 years. Fast forward to present time, three years ago, all the gyms shut down. That changed the way that I did workouts. Still doing dips, handstands, push ups, lunges. But one thing that I didn't do, simply because I never got around to installing it, was pull-ups. A couple of weeks ago, decided to install a pull-up bar at my house, called up my father-in-law, it's a great handyman. This guy, engineer, right? (laughs) He knows what he's doing. In fact, the studio that I am in right now, glorified closet, as I call it, had an electrician wired up, and I got together with my father-in-law, had some plans for sound panels, big sound panels, probably if I were to go out and buy them, no lie. Three, $4,000 worth of panels to deaden this room. He's like, yeah, we can build it. Got some rock wool, wood, cloth. Looks and sounds great. This dude can build anything. I call him up. Say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about doing a pull-up bar. What do you think about it? Yeah, man, we'll get it done. So he comes over. We install this thing. It's hanging from the rafters in my garage. And when we're done on the install, he said, try it out. Okay. Get my hands on it. And let me take you back to, let's say five years ago before the pandemic. At that time, I've been doing these things for 25 years and I can do a lot of them. Dips, pull-ups, wide grip pull-ups, chin-ups, parallel wrist. I mean, I've got all these variations of pull-ups that I'm doing. It wouldn't be uncommon for me to do 20 of them at a time. Not now. Get my hands on the bar. I had maybe a couple in me, man, and they were not pretty. It's embarrassing, right? Or is it? I don't know, I don't know. But I wanted to talk about that because this is something that I see all the time in the creative space. I certainly saw it in music. I remember one time going to a recording studio. They were cutting vocal tracks for this band that I knew. I knew the band, I knew the engineer. They invited me over, so I dropped in. And they're doing what they call comping. And you might do this with your podcast, actually. It's where you take multiple takes and you might take 30 takes of a song and then you comp them, do a composite, combine them to where it sounds like one performance. That's what they were doing. And I'm telling you, man, this guy behind the board, the engineer, had the patience of the most patient man in the world, whoever that is. That was this guy that night because the singer was off key and she was messing up and she messed up the lyrics and she'd get nervous. Maybe you can relate to that person as the singer. I watched the session, maybe half an hour or something, just to drop by. I was going to check out the new setup they had, move on and didn't think much about it except for this guy is the most patient guy in the world. Fast forward a few years later, I see the guy at the party. Hey man, how's it going? And I said, man, I got to tell you this. I've been thinking about you and that session that I dropped by that time for right when your studio was new and how you were taking 30 tracks, sometimes one syllable, not even the full word, but one part of the word. And you were combining it with the other parts of the word and you were auto tuning it. And it was just amazing how patient you were because that was not a good session. She was not on and you somehow, I guess, got a performance out of her. And he made the comment that, when people work in a studio like mine due to the money that it takes a lot of them, they're not in there all the time. Maybe they're writers, they're not necessarily performers and they come in thinking that oh, I did it 10 years ago. I was a vocal major in college or I've had this past success. I'm going to be able to do that again, but they really haven't kept up with the training. They haven't kept up with the practice. They're really not up to that level that they were. And that's basically where I was on the pull up bar. And I'm telling you these stories to say that this may be where you are with your podcast. This happens a lot with podcasters because you start a podcast, you get excited about it. The topic is new, the co host is new, the guests are all lined up. And initially, you've got the guests that you really, really want. Those are the guests that we start with. But then things happen, life happens, pandemics happen money happens, jobs happen, kids happen, where maybe you're not recording your podcast as often as you wanted to. Maybe you're burnt out. Maybe you don't have time. Who knows? But for whatever reason, you're not in there as much as maybe you should be. You're not practicing. And then when you get back to it, when things become exciting again, maybe it's a brand new podcast. You've got a new topic. Something's reinvigorated you and you want to get back in the studio. Or maybe it's the old topic and your time is let up and you're finally able to get back in, but you do get back in regardless. And you're not where you were. And your audience, because you haven't been putting out episodes, they're not where they are either. Maybe they've unsubscribed, they've moved on. You don't get the interaction even when you do get an episode out. That is a super common thing for podcasters. And that's why I start with these stories to say that it is very easy for us to get off track with a podcast or really anything. Life gets in the way. Other things are important for us. You're not a one-dimensional person who only does your podcast. And maybe you were at a time. Like the singer I was talking about. I'm sure when she was in college studying music, that was her life. That is all she did. That is all she had to focus on. It's a different world once you leave college. And it's a different world once you get into podcasting and the ins and outs of scheduling, rescheduling, time zones, technical issues. It's tough. Let's talk about how to get you back on track. I've got something called Podcast Jumpstart starting in June. It is free. I'm going to talk more about it in a minute. If you've lost momentum with your podcast, like I've lost momentum with those (laughs) pull-ups. The good news is, is that you were probably doing other things during the time you lost momentum with your podcast that will actually help your podcast when you're coming back to it. I didn't stop working out during the pandemic. I just stopped doing pull-ups. I was doing other types of exercises. So I'm better in one area, not as good in the area that I was originally good in. You've got that same thing. You've got a lot of skills that you've developed when you were letting your podcast go. You've got a lot of skills that when your podcast was on, that you can reinvigorate, get back a lot more easily than you might think simply due to muscle memory. Is it going to be the first day? No, no, that's a two pull up day, man but you can get it back fairly easily with the right practice. You know how to practice with the right plan. Podcast Jumpstart is that plan. You can join me and hundreds of other podcasters working together to get podcasts back on track. I call this small hinges, big doors. These are the little things that you can do, I don't know, 15 minutes a day. The end of the month, you're gonna have a totally new podcast, more listeners, more engagement, better episodes, better guests, more money, more impact, more efficiency. It's going to be a good thing. It's not going to be just you. It's going to be me. And it's going to be hundreds of other podcasters going along with us. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned. I'll be talking about that in just a sec. Also, since this isn't starting till June, got some things that you can do right now to get more people engaged with your podcast and also be more efficient in your podcast production. By the way, links to everything that I'm talking about, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Podcast Jumpstart 2.0, get it free. An opportunity so nice. Had to talk about it twice. This is a proven way to get your podcast unstuck. And I say that because 1.0 already happened. Small hinges, big doors, your existing podcast, that will be made better. That is the focus of it. It is not to change up everything that you're doing. It's to do what you're doing just a little bit better. Get those bigger results with what you've already got. It Starts in June, eh, about three weeks off, but I know you're ready to get going now. So one of the things that I've got for you, when you go to bigpodcast.net, not .com, bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart, one of the things I'm going to do is email you from a special address. I want you to email it back to me with information back to me about the one thing you feel is going to make your podcast better. Get more listeners, get more money, whatever better is to you. I was emailing everybody back individually, but I got so many great questions from people. I thought, why not do some extra podcast episodes of Build a Big Podcast talking about each of these things? So if you want to be featured on this podcast, have me say your name and the name of your podcast and also talk about what it is that you're working on and help you get that one thing that you need going. That's an opportunity for you. It all happens when you go to bigpodcast.net. Remember, not .com bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. I'll get you signed up for podcast jumpstart 2.0. Again, that's free. And I'll also give you the opportunity to be mentioned here on this podcast, working on the one thing you feel right now is going to get your podcast unstuck. Bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. More information as always, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Podcast marketing lessons from newsletters. Speaking of newsletters, it's always interesting to me how many similarities there are between podcast marketing and the marketing of other types of media, especially online media. Online newsletters are a great example of this. I've got a list. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. There's some things that are working for newsletters right now that I think will work for you promoting your podcast. One of the things that I see with people promoting newsletters a lot is what I call the before and after. And that's basically this The day before publishing a newsletter, or you can use it for your podcast or your episode, you post something on social media and you let people know what they're going to get when they listen. Let's say you go on Twitter, Blue Sky Mastodon, and you say, I've got an interview with blank and we're going to be talking about blank. That's all that that is. You let people know what they're going to get when they listen. Then you give them the opportunity to subscribe either to the newsletter, get your podcast via the feed, Maybe you want to give them a link to the web player that will be there the next day. But if you can get somebody to do something now that will guide them into the process automatically the next day, such as sign up for a mailing list, get on your feed, that's even better. Then, again, this is the before and after, the day after you put up your podcast or your newsletter, you say, here's a recap of the 10 things that guest name spoke about on my podcast regarding this topic two-step process the before the after here's what's coming here's what you just missed again you're trying to get people signed up for the newsletter for the podcast because when they're seeing oh here's what i just missed well you don't want to miss it again do you no you don't want to miss it again sign up right now make sure you'll never miss an episode that's what i say at the very end of every single episode of build a big podcast when i've got my call to action for you to subscribe Sign up now so you never miss an episode. You've got to give somebody a reason why. That's what this does. But I want to go a little bit deeper on this two-step process, the before and the after. I'm going to add a third step. It's a three-step system for podcasters. The first thing you do is you announce an interview on social media before you do it. If you think, I don't do interviews, announce the topic. And also, depending on who you're interviewing, what you're talking about with that person. Here's an example, very similar to what I said before. I'm doing an interview with blank and we're going to talk about blank. What questions do you have about this topic? So for me on Music Business Radio, hey, I've got an interview with Rob Halford from Judas Priest. We're talking about 50 years of touring the world as a metal singer. What questions do you have? And somebody would say, oh my gosh, I want to know how you thought about living after midnight. Oh my gosh, Rob Halford is gay if you didn't know probably the first well-known metal singer to come out of the closet. Did that about eh, 20-something years ago. So you could ask, Rob Halford, what was it like when you came out of the closet? Were you scared? Did you get any kind of pushback? What were the good things that happened? I don't know, whatever your listeners are thinking. They want access to the people that you've got access to, and they're gonna list those questions on social media, tweets, Mastodon, Blue Sky, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're interacting with them, They will have questions that you do not have. But more importantly, they have the questions that they want to hear. You're doing this episode for your listeners. You're doing your show for your listeners. You've got to think about your listeners. What better way to think about your listeners by giving them direct access to somebody that they wouldn't have, but also getting them the exact answers that they want, not the answers that you think that they want, but the answers that they want. So that's the first thing. I'm doing an interview with Blank and we're going to talk about Blank. What questions do you have about this topic or for this guest? And I will say this, going back to the Rob Halford thing. This does work better if you've got a big celebrity guest. But it's going to work regardless of your guest, provided that the topic of your podcast and the people who follow you on social media are a good match. And they should be. This is a reason why you want to pound this thing into the ground, bang that drum, I talk about this, I talk about this, I talk about this, I talk about this, and everything matches. The name of your podcast, the artwork, who you are as a personality, the guests that you bring in, the topic episodes. Sometimes you'll see podcasters, they get way off, way off, and they're not talking about anything that they promise. You'll hear co-hosts, they haven't talked to each other for a while, maybe since last week, who knows. Hey, how's it going? Oh yeah. Oh, wow, the kids started school? Okay. Nobody cares about that unless you've got a podcast about school or about kids or about family. Stick to the topic. And if you're doing that, you're going to get a response to questions like this. What questions do you have about this topic? What questions do you have for this guest? They will respond. Here's the second thing you want to do. Immediately after you finish recording the episode, go back to the post and reply to everybody who responded. George, got your question in. Betsy, he had a lot of good things to say about that. Carrie, I asked him your question about living after midnight. I was shocked by his answer. You're not gonna believe this. Can't wait to get it out to you. Third step, when the episode is live, you let people know. That's it. Very similar to the before and after, the two-step process that I mentioned before, except you're bringing in that interactive element into it. You're bringing it in twice, actually you're asking your audience members to bring up topics and questions that they want to hear about. You're going back to them and saying, yeah, I got your question. I got your question. You're not going to believe this answer. He talked about this. You're going to really love this. You're hyping up the episode. And those two extra touches, not just telling them about something, but bringing them into something and then acknowledging them that they had something good to bring. That's going to take that episode over the top. You want more thoughts about it? I've got them. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Master your email with these essential Gmail tips. Everybody's got a system for dealing with email, but this is something different. It's made of actionable steps you can take, and it's from a Google productivity expert who's got the data to back up everything that she advises here. This is her advice. I'm curious how many of these you're doing. One, cut back on notifications. Two, respond within 24 hours, even if it's only to check in. Three, close out your email one to two times a day. Four, Don't click on email more than twice. 5. Sorting, reading, and answering emails should be separate activities. 6. Keep emails that require clear action, otherwise archive or delete. 7. Skip some emails. 8. Don't mix your read and unread emails. 9. To stay focused, keep new email out of sight. 10. To find what you need, just search. I've got the list and more information linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com, but I want to talk about a couple of these I think will help you with your podcast production, keeping in touch with listeners, also keeping on top of the guests that you interview and your scheduling. Sorting, reading, and answering emails should be separate activities. I love this. One of the things that I do every morning is more or less go through my inbox, delete, 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 delete. delete. That's more or less what I do. (laughs) Delete the stuff that I don't need. Because if you're like me, you're on mailing lists and it's like, uh, you know, I really don't need these. And then I've got other things that I can get to later and that's fine. And then I've got other things like, oh my gosh, the interview is canceled today. Call me back right now. That stuff needs to be handled immediately. If I've got an interview that day, if it doesn't need to be handled immediately, I can go back to them after I've done something like this, recording this podcast, outlining this podcast, writing. You've got to have time for your creative endeavors. You shouldn't be a slave to email. But sometimes there are those important emails that you need to answer now. That's a good way to do it. Sorting, reading, and answering emails, segment that. You don't need to do it all at once. You don't need to do it all the first thing in the morning. That's how you lose track of your day. I'm no time management expert, believe me. I waste plenty of it, unfortunately. But one of the things that I know is that if you start the day and you open up emails or text messages or voicemails, That's when you start responding to other people's things, not being deliberate about your things. Other things she talks about to stay focused, keep new email out of sight. One of the things that you can do, simply don't have your email browser open. That's a good way to do it. Mailman, I talked about this last week. Mailman is a great tool. I've got it linked, it's a newsletter.bigpodcast.com. What that will do, it's very similar to SaneBox. There are other tools that will do this, but it'll basically hold your email until specific times when you say, release this email. I want all my email at 8 a.m. and at 2 p.m., where I want all my email this day, this day, and this day. It will let you have your email box open so you can send email and take care of email business, take care of the emails that are already in there, but not be getting other email stacked on top of the email that you currently have. That takes it back to the earlier stuff that I'm talking about, about getting things muddy when it comes to reading, sorting, and answering emails. If you just want to focus on answering emails, putting a hold on your email, that's a good way to do it. Let me know what you think. I'd love to know how you're handling your emails. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com for more info and also how to get in touch with me. Don't get mad, get even. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) You might remember this book from the 70s. Might have been popular in the 80s. There were a million varieties of it. And it was one of these books like Truly Tasteless Jokes, if you remember that. Kind of uh, edgy and um, kind of novelty, I suppose. You would see it at a point of purchase in the bookstore, for example. I use it as a title because what I'm talking about here really isn't that big a deal. I'm talking about one-star reviews. People get mad about one-star reviews. You're gonna find out more about them, call them up, have a conversation. I've seen people do this on Amazon reviews and I think it's so funny. Oh, I'm sorry for disappointing you. Why don't we set up a one-on-one call so I can explain my side of why the book was this way? No, that person is not for you. Do not reward bad behavior. Not that a one-star review is bad. People have an opportunity and a right to leave a one-star review, so let them do it. It's not a bad thing. It's a legitimate part of the reviewing process, but it doesn't mean you need to win those people over. That is not your job trying to win somebody over. Your job is to do what you do and attract the people you attract. Let them come along with you. When you have a podcast, you're basically saying, come along with me. You're either on or you're off. And if it's going to leave a one-star review, that person's not with you. They're not for you. They're not on the train, man. Let them do their thing. I will say this somebody's going to leave a one-star review, at least you made them feel something. I think the worst thing that can happen for somebody who creates something is going, kind of like, eh, 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 who cares? You've had that happen. You told somebody about your podcast. Oh, okay, cool. They don't care about it enough to do a one-star review. Oh, there you go. Let's move on. Let's talk about the good of one-star reviews. One-star reviews actually help your review setup because when you've got all these good reviews, 99% good reviews, what do people think? They think, ah. Oh, This guy had all his friends in there. Of course, he's got 99% approval rating. It's like that pastor who releases a book, goes to his church. Everybody needs to leave a review at Amazon. Well, yeah, it's the congregation. They're people who are already on the train and that's fine. But how we really find out if something's good or bad and how we really bring new people into the fold is by having random reviews. People who are on the train, people who are off the train. Yes, this is for me. No, this is not for me. That's actually helpful. That's why a one-star review is good. It shows you're reaching a wide variety of people. You are for some people. You're not for others. And it lets people decide, am I one of these people that this is for? Or am I one of these people that this is not for? Don't get me wrong. Bad reviews hurt because we want people to like us. But your podcast isn't made for everybody. And because everybody can leave a review... Your reviews should reflect that. I've got a funny joke about this. It's visual. I can describe it to you here, but it wouldn't have the same effect. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Go to check it out. I'm also curious about the worst review that you've ever received. Send it to me. You know, that would actually be a great episode, a funny episode where we can talk about that. Worst reviews podcasters have ever received. If you've got one, reach out to me, Twitter, Instagram, however you do it. Everything's linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Got a couple classified ads for you. Your first podcast sponsor, Joe Casabona. He's making $35,000 to $50,000 per year from podcast sponsorships with a relatively small audience. I know Joe, this is for real. He can teach you how to do the same thing. How to find sponsors to approach, how to approach them, how to close the deal, I've got this linked, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Missing Letter. It's an all-in-one promotion platform that turns podcasts into engaging social media posts and helps you solve distribution by finding the best influencers in your niche. I love this thing. This is something that I use for every episode of Build a Big Podcast. It is something I use for every issue of Big Podcast Insider. And the way that I've got it set up, because you're not going to everybody, you're just going to very specific influencers. And I've got it set up where the people that I reach are reaching about 1.4 million people. That's a lot of people. Does everybody see every single episode that I do? No, they don't. But more people see these episodes because of Missing Letter than they would without it. I've got it linked. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I highly recommend it. It is a good service. It will help you get the word out about your podcast. That's it. Another episode of Build a Big Podcast. I've got a new series of episodes coming up on this podcast, questions sent in by listeners saying, here's my situation. This is the one thing that I need to do to make my podcast better. What would you do? You're going to relate to these questions. They affect a lot of podcasters. If you want to ask a question yourself, this is how to do it. I talked about podcast jumpstart 2.0. It's free. It's starting in June. I give the opportunity in the initial email to respond back to me. It's a special email address. Give me the one thing that's keeping your podcast from growing right now. I'm going to work on it with you via email, via this podcast. It's free, man. Bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. That is how to get it. Do it now. I'm not going to be doing this series forever, but I'm going to do it with everybody that comes in for as long as it takes to get through those. You're going to start hearing those episodes very, very shortly. Bigpodcast.net slash jumpstart. Also, to make sure that you never miss these episodes or any episode of Build a Big Podcast, this is how to subscribe, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. I've got three buttons for you. I've got one for Android, one for iPhone. I've got an RSS feed. I've got a code that you can scan, pull out your phone, scan the QR code. Immediately you're gonna get connected to the subscription page for Build a Big Podcast. You're never gonna miss an episode. You don't have to listen to all of them. I get it, you're busy, you're working on your own podcast but you're going to have the opportunity to listen to all of them. When something comes through the feed that you really want, it's going to be there for you. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. That's how to do it. One click subscribe, one click unsubscribe. So if you think it's for you now, but you're not really sure it's going to be for you in the future, don't worry, man. This isn't a forever thing. Keep it as long as you want. Listen to only the episodes that you want. It's not going to cost you a thing. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Thank you for listening to Build a Big Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode.